Hi, welcome to the Business Vitality Podcast. I am your host, Katherine Canty. You can learn more about me and my team at katherinecanty.com. For more than two decades, I have been able to travel the country and help other people grow their business. From those experiences, I was able to work with a proposal team that generated success 90% of the time for over a decade. We have created a leadership coaching program that is creating 100% measured results as seen by the leaders, peers, and stakeholders. And finally, I've spent nearly a decade in boardrooms, corporate boardrooms, where we are learning what's working and what's not. And more importantly, we're able to take the communication from the boardroom and get it down to the front line so execution is easier to implement. You know, from all these experiences, we created a framework called Business Vitality. These are all of the best practices of leaders and and opportunities that have been coming up decade after decade. And a lot of this stuff has been in practice for more than 20 years, 30 years and beyond. And what we're learning is a lot of these folks that are remaining vital in business today are having to think differently. And to share a quote from one of my CEOs that I've worked with in the past, he told me all day long he can hire folks, but what he needs more of are people who think outside the box. So in an effort to pay it forward and celebrate successes, we are going to be sharing stories of leaders who are thinking differently and remaining vital in business today. Please stick to the end and we will share how you can be a guest on the show. And thanks so much for being here. Colleen Biggs, you are the founder of Lead Up For Women, found at the web at leadupforwomen.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Catherine. It's such an honor to be with you this morning. Thank you so much. Thank you. So Colleen, at a high level, can you explain Lead Up For Women, what you're doing with this, with this company that you've created and are creating wonderful results with? Yeah, you know, the problem that exists today, Catherine, is that women, female entrepreneurs are really struggling to be seen, be heard, and be visible in this oversaturated society and culture that we live in today. So Lead Up for Women was created really twofold. One, connections, networking, collaborations, right? To be there to support women without judgment, to not compete with them, but to lift each other, to be that uh, community of service and a community of uh, support. Uh, And then on the other side of Lead Up for Women, it's really about uh, being seen, being heard, and being visible. And we do that through several platforms that we have, which is our magazine, where the women get to write uh, an article in the magazine and then be published you know, in a magazine. Then they can take that promotion and they can use that to market for themselves um, on any of their channels, right? So it provides credibility for them. The podcast interview provides credibility for them uh, and exposure. We do member Monday spotlights every day of the week where we are spotlighting a female or giving them a workshop, a space for them to teach so that they can get their message out there, their brand out there and really show up in the world um, and let people know they exist. That by expanding that influence, they attract the right clients to themselves. I think that's beautiful because as somebody who was in corporate for decades and 
and then transition to working for myself, we just default to whatever that brand is of the company that we represent. And I think with the constant change that's happening in the market, we're beginning to realize that we have our own brand and we have our own personality and we need to be able to share our story because there's so many people that are in the same shoes that we're in or or once in. And I think it's a wonderful way to pay it forward. So I know that you had a corporate uh, background before you navigated over to this. Can you kind of talk about, you know, what, what spurred this on for you to create this? Um, And was it hard leaving corporate to start something like this? Yeah, I was decades in corporate, just like you. And uh, it was difficult. If you would have asked me three years before I actually dropped out of corporate, I would have said, no, I'm a diehard. I'm in fact, I was diehard at the company I was at. And I would have said, I'm going to retire from here. You know, and then you like wake up one day and you realize I had a lot of struggles the last couple of years. My husband said I probably cried every evening. I was frustrated about things. So I was in a very negative headspace. I wasn't in a positive growth minded headspace. I felt like I had been trying to grow for years and I was like hitting the the wall, the ceiling, the box. You know, I couldn't grow beyond where I was. I tried and tried and tried. And uh, there just wasn't, I don't know if I wasn't seeing the opportunity, right? I can't blame those around me, but uh, I just knew that I had reached a point where I needed to flourish doing something different. And the one thing that I saw, two things, um, the, the corporation I was in, there was a lot of female competition where they were fighting over the seats that existed at the executive level versus creating more. There was a lot of backstabbing things going on that I was not particularly fond of, nor did I want that to be in my circle of influence when I became an entrepreneur. So I started Lead Up for Women to support women in corporate as well as female entrepreneurs to be able to come together and collaborate and realize from example that we can all rise together. There's plenty of abundance. There's plenty of money. There's plenty of opportunity out there for all of us. We don't need to fight for it. And the other piece was, you know, being a coach for so many years that I was and opening so many businesses, individual franchises that I worked with and individual Um, CEOs and these owners that came to me that had zero, some of them zero experience in business. They've never done it before. Their own struggle was always themselves. Their own struggle was always getting in their own way and not believing that it's possible that they can do it. So I I brought that with me as an entrepreneur out here to this, this millionaire playground that I call it because it's unlimited potential of what you can make and what you can do and the freedom of choices. And for me, I wanted to be there and use those skill sets to help other females believe in themselves to be able to grow their businesses because business is business. It's very basic, you know, to run a business. It's, it's no matter what industry you're in. So it really comes down to the individual female believing in herself uh, that she can do it because once she does believe in that, it's easy to pick up the phone. You know, it's, it's the belief is the toughest part. And even though I'm a peak performance coach, you know, I'm working a lot on the actual person more so sometimes than their business. Yeah. And I, I, you know, as we both have have 
spent decades in corporate. I also want to just say that, you know, corporate allowed me to get to where I am today. And I feel, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel grateful for those experiences. And sometimes we have to hit our head against that, that box to know that it's time to go. And I was just speaking with a lady um, last week and she said, you know, I went in and I asked for the raise and I didn't get it. And I said, that's okay, because now you can take that experience and know that there's probably something else out there for you. And you just need to have the courage to, to take a look. So, um, as somebody who's been on that side and then has, you know, been able to kind of go out on my own, have a great appreciation for it. And then you talked a little bit about the struggles and I know that you have helped start and launch over 340 companies, which is phenomenal. Are these all women-based businesses? And what are some of the themes that you're seeing when you're working with them? A portion of them are women-based. I worked primarily for the last 20 years with females. I have worked with, I would say this, the percentage of men I worked with was probably about 3%, honestly, of men that I worked with. Um, and I would help them launch multiple businesses as well. Uh, once they got their first, first one up and going, they would want to duplicate that and launch a second business. And so that's a different strategy. So you know, really the struggles go right back to what we were talking about. And I agree with you, Catherine, you know, I wouldn't have the skill sets I have today if it wasn't for my time working in the corporate world to hone and learn and polish and really understand the importance um, of standard operating procedures and, you know, um, the back end of, of the businesses that so many solopreneurs don't create today because they, it's almost like they're not running a real business. It's kind of like a real business. But so I agree with you on that. And those that um, came to me that were opening up uh, businesses, like I said, it took a, I treated each one of them very differently. And I think that's very important to mention because we need to get in the map of the world of the person that we're working with and not necessarily repeat the same behaviors and the same processes with that individual because they're different. They have different challenges. They have different skill sets. They have different wisdom, knowledge. They have a different background. And so um, some of them may be very confident in what they're doing, but they lack in um, business knowledge. So you're just teaching them the business piece. Some of them um, are procrastinating, meaning they're they're nervous to make a decision because they they uh, don't want that decision to fail, you know, and it land on them. So they're 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 shy to pull the trigger. So every person I've worked with is very different, and we need to treat each individual differently and understand that you know the their their future and how they see you know their strengths and their weaknesses and their opportunities we need to really focus on the things that they're really good at spotlight that help them shine drive that forward and necess not necessarily focus on all the things that they're they have opportunities in but maybe they could hire someone that has a strength in that area you know in their business which helps offset them so again you really have to get, uh, you know, into the map of that other person and understand their world a little better. I think uh, corporate taught me that to tailor responses based on the audience. And it sounds like you do that very well with your clients. You know, there's not one solution that fits everybody. And I think that's extremely important today, probably more than ever, that we, we all want to have things tailored a bit to our personality, our styles, um, our strengths, our weaknesses, et cetera. So um, that's wonderful. Tell me kind of a little bit about your ideal client and where are they now or, and what are their dreams and, and kind of, how are they finding you? 
Um, my ideal client is definitely a female entrepreneur. Those are <clears throat> the women that I work with for the most part. Um, she's driven. She is action oriented. She really is looking to grow um, and, and achieve her peak performance to grow her business to be able to level up in her revenue. I talk a lot about wealth building and revenue. So she's looking to gain more revenue and wants to do this as a business. I'm not looking to work with a female that has a hobby that is not interested in taking action because when it gets hard, you've got to push through that. And if you're not wanting to do that and you have no drive that is driving you to want to excel, yeah, you're not going to be, excuse me, you're not going to be the right client for me. So I would definitely say, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's clear to know what we don't want in order to have that clarity going forward. And I think you setting these expectations around, I think expectations around what we're looking for, but then I think there's a time when we all kind of hit yeah, we're ready for this and it's going to be scary, but we can do this. And having folks like you, Colleen, that are there to kind of back us up and cheer us on throughout the process is really important. So um, the advice that you have around whether or not you're ready or not is is extremely important. And um, so you've worked with a number of folks. Do you have an ideal client success story that you just love that maybe you could share with us? I do. And um, I do, Catherine, and she is uh, just a phenomenal, we'll call her goddess because she is like a priestess. She is able, you know, her portal is wide open and she is very much an intuitive. So it goes to show I I can work with any type of female entrepreneur. And she was, uh, had been a coach for 20 years and she was very successful uh, in the past and working with women. And she was trying to rebrand herself and try and figure out who she was And she started targeting, you know, female CEOs was really her thing. And when she came to me, 2020 really knocked her down. And she came to me feeling like she didn't have her legs underneath of her, just kind of, you know, wallowing and swimming. And she just was drowning is how she felt. And she was probably making $1,500 a month, maybe, you know, with one client and just couldn't figure out what to do. It's almost like she was really confident at one point and was solid in her lane. And then she just lost her way. Like the light went out, it was dark and she couldn't figure out what to do. So she hired me. And within the first month, she um, was probably at about $10,000 a month. Her, her goal was money. Her mm-hmm. goal coming to me was money. I want to make more money, a lot of money. I know I can do this. I've done it before. And, um, you know, I was really excited at about the six month mark. She was about $30,000 a month. It was her best month she had ever had in her life. And she said, what Colleen Biggs did for me was give me back my confidence. I lost my way. So I just gave her clarity. We broke down her entire business. I was just astounded at, oh my gosh, you have so many gifts. She didn't even realize what gifts she had. So we listed all of them out and then looked at her services and products and how she could provide those utilizing her gifts. When she realized that herself, when she decided, oh yeah, I can do all of this. I am a badass. I can do, (laughs) you know, there's so much that I can do. She felt that confidence and she was just attracting people to her. And every conversation that she had, 
women wanted to work with her because they wanted what she had. They wanted her success. They wanted that confidence. They wanted to um, succeed and they weren't feeling that way. They were feeling like she was and she was able to take them to the next level because I, again, was able to take her to that level. So she's probably one of my best success stories because she not only changed her revenue through the action that she was willing to take and the desperation that she came with it, but she she had a lot of gifts and we all do. And when you realize how different you are than everyone else, and that's what sets you apart and you really lean into that and embrace it, that is what that is where you excel. Not trying to be like everyone else, not trying to do what every other program says you could do, but really listening to your intuition and driving forward with your confidence and your passion for what it is that you do. And people just around you can't deny that and they want to work with you. It's, it's infectious. It is. And you really do have to get back in touch with your intuition and your gut. And I I hope that more people are going back towards that. Um, I'm beginning beginning to hear it more and more in social media or newsletters about just get back to trusting your gut. And um, I think there's a lot of gold there. So congratulations to you and to the goddess uh, that that you shared her story about. So tell me um, a little bit about your background and how did that prepare you for what you're actually doing today? Because to cheer this many people on and to start this many businesses, you obviously was, you were doing something in your background that led you to this. So what prepared you for these opportunities that, that you're helping others with today? You know, I don't, no one really asks me this question, Catherine, and I really appreciate this question a lot because I started before I was ready. And I want your listeners to hear that message. I was thrown into a position that they were desperate and needed someone to be in, literally. Um, I wanted, um, you know, to, I, I wanted to be part of helping, you know, owners open businesses. And at the time they were desperate and needed someone and I was not trained. I was not ready. But the one thing I knew was this, if someone asked me a question I didn't know, I was going to find out the answer for them and they didn't mind waiting. They just wanted the answer, right? So I had nothing at that point as far as, you know, the the bachelor's degree or the master's degree or the studying that was required, right? And I don't even know if that would have prepared me. These are real life circumstances. How do you deal with an owner that's getting ready to open a business and launch a business in three days and their twins both broke their arms on, you know, um, at, at a park when their mom had them, you know, while they were training their staff three days before they open. How do you prepare for that? That is a life tragedy of things that happen so quickly. So what I learned very early on was this. We only have what we have. We don't know what we don't know until we know it. And I didn't know what I didn't know until I knew it. And then when I knew it, what was I going to do with it? So I treated every single person like they were my only client. I cared about them. I had a heart for them. You know, I sent flowers. I sent, you know, cookies when their daughters broke their arms. Anything that you can do to show that you have compassion for someone, that you respect them, that you care about them, that you really want their success to be your success, that you're in the trenches with them. And I know that that is what set me apart because it wasn't a job to me. It was who I was and how I served people. And when you approach life that way, 
it changes people's lives. And to me, that was the most, uh, like the, the reward that I was looking for was to help people achieve their goals and their dreams of what they had set out for. And I still do that today. And I think that is what set me apart. That is what prepared me to be able to be a leader. And I, I think the other thing that I learned on the flip side of that was not to allow others to hold you back, not to allow others to label you. And sometimes the negative part about being in corporate is you're paid what you're worth. So that's a struggle when you become an entrepreneur because you think, well, paid what you're worth. And if you're not making any money as an entrepreneur, you're worth a zero. That's really hard to swallow. So don't, you know, don't listen to the naysayers if they tell you you're not a leader or if they tell you you don't have the skills in a certain area to do a certain job and inside you feel like you do or you were meant to do something. So don't let others hold you back. Don't let, you know, don't be labeled. And I know it's hard because corporate America has a lot of titles, you know, and I think titles should be earned by those around you and not necessarily just handed out like candy, like, oh, now you're a manager. Um, you know, and you're leading this team where you didn't even really deserve the leadership role or something because the team didn't put you there. They didn't place you there, right? So again, earn that respect by serving others first, and then you'll get that in return. Sounds like your superpower is uh, serving others first and um, yeah. and leading. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it, it's it's a superpower that uh, that probably more of us need. And um it's refreshing to hear, and it's evident in the work that you're doing. Um, you know, a few last questions that I have is, uh, is about strategy, and I think strategy is, is vital today, and it feels that, you know, if you've got 340-plus businesses that you're starting, strategy is definitely going to be a part of this. You know, where are you starting and, and knowing that you have a strategy, so when your twin's break both of their arm or both each break an arm, you know, what's your strategy in place? So now you can kind of pivot because you've got some ideas on what to do. So do you mind talking a little bit about strategy and what it means to you and, and how you're using that with your clients today? And is it as, as vital as, as what I'm saying it could be? Yeah. You know, my clients like, you know, my clients are very, very focused on, we do a weekly check-in um, goal setting. They're very focused on goal setting. And to me, one of the best strategies you can have in anything in your life are goals. And those goals that you set for yourself in your relationship um, as a mother, right? Time with your kids. Uh, I have a lot of them. So that that's a strategy I have to put in place in my life, a goal for finances, a goal for how much time I spend uh, with my husband or by myself and my own self-care. These are, these are goals and it sounds overwhelming to so many people. And I will tell you that just about every, almost I've had one female entrepreneur that I have worked with. Um, they have not had goals. And that was the first thing we did with set goals. So the biggest strategy you can apply right now in your life is to look at your goals. And if you don't have them, set them, whether it be a financial goal, um, a work-life balance goal, which I don't use the word balance because it doesn't exist. There's no way to really balance that. It's by choice. So look at where you're choosing to spend your time. Look at what you're doing with your time. You know, Evaluate that and set the goals in the area. Start with one goal one baby step. So don't overwhelm yourself. If it's a goal of I'm going to work 
um, and reach out to three people per day. That's your only goal that you have right now. Do not complicate it with another goal. I'm a singular goal person to get started. You have to have one goal. And when you can achieve that goal, we can start adding other goals on. But sometimes the goals are like five goals that month. And I said, no, that's not going to work because now you're, you're focused on five different things. And you know, really where you, where you send your energy is where you're going to have, um, all of the flourish happen. You know, you've got to focus on one thing and that one thing that you focus on will, will be the, the barometer to change. And then once you've accomplished that goal, you can keep adding additional goals. You've used the word clarity earlier when we started talking, and that's very clear what you're doing is you're bringing clarity and simplification in order for you to create success and to create that change. So taking a word that may seem complicated at times to some folks as far as like strategy, and it needs to be some kind of vision, um, really setting a goal and focusing on that. That's how you execute. That's how you win. That's how you create momentum. So I love the clarity that you bring around a word that that could have intimidation um, sometimes are overwhelmed for, for some. So um, you mentioned work life and we all know there is no balance. Um, so tell me, you know, do you have work life integration tips or what is a phrase that works for you and maybe one or two ideas that could be helpful for the rest of us? Yeah. Um, I don't think I've, you know, I haven't trademarked a word for that for sure. Um, it, this is the way I look at it. I choose to spend my time in certain areas throughout the day um, that fill my bucket. And so when I um, wake up in the morning, my husband and I have our time to walk. So I have my exercise time that fills that bucket of movement and um, health for my body and time with my husband to talk and, you know, and walk around and be part of our community. Then I have the bucket of self-care that I work on in the morning and I have that time for myself. And then I have my work time. And I am when I'm in these buckets, by the way, I'm not focusing on anything else. I'm not focusing on business while I'm walking. I'm not focusing on doing um, you know, any type of workout while I'm actually doing self-care and writing in my journal for gratitudes and reading. I'm solely focused in that moment, in that, that one thing that I'm doing. And then when I'm at work, I'm at work. I'm a thousand percent focused at work. And sometimes I pick up my phone in between calls and I have, you know, kids have been texting me 27 text messages. Can you watch the kids? Can you do this? The answer's no, no. They're, they're, they pretty much know the answer's no already because I've got scheduled time that's work during the day. And then my evenings are meant for grandkids, kids, my husband, eating, you know, time for family and weekends are the same. I very much am about a scheduled, being a scheduled person. It works for me. It doesn't work for everyone else, but there's no, try not to beat yourself up over balance. Like, oh, I'm spending 90% of my time at work and only 10% with my family. I have to do 50-50. 50-50 doesn't work with a lot of people. And if I spent 50% of the time with my family, I would probably never want to see them again for like another year because that's a lot of family time. You know, we, my, my husband and I have finally gotten to a point where we have, we're empty nesters, all the kids are moved out, they're in their own homes. And now we get the opportunity to focus on us, focus on our businesses, focus on the things that we want to do, just like our kids are focusing on their families and raising them and activities. But we get to go do all those fun activities with the kids on the weekend and in the evening. So don't beat yourself up over trying to create balance 
choose. It's your choice. We have freedom of choice. Choose when you want to work on the things that are important to you in your life that you feel balance maybe you out in your life, you know, for yourself, but, but, you know, which is self-care, working out, work, you know, serving others, uh, volunteering for me, um, spending time with my grandkids, spending time with my mother-in-law, all of those things matter to me. So I choose when I fit that into my schedule in a week period. Yeah. I love it. It sounds like boundaries create freedom and yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we could talk all day about that. So boundaries are vital uh, and it does create the freedom that I think a lot of us are looking for. So thank you for sharing that. And um, as we close today, I know that you have a lot of materials that are available um, for those that may be interested in learning more. Do you mind sharing um, with us a little bit about, you know, if somebody's interested in reaching out to you, maybe what are some best steps? And if maybe they're not fully committed yet, but they're kind of wanting to dabble into some of your research um, and resources, would you mind sharing where we can find that? Yeah, leadupforwomen.com is going to be the place that you want to go. If you are looking to understand more about promoting yourself, being seen, being heard, being visible, getting yourself out there, if you want to be in a magazine, if you want to be on a podcast, if you want to be in the spotlight to expand your influence on a regular basis, the Lead Up For Women community is for you. You can go snag a free copy of our magazine at leadupforwomen.com. You can register for one of our networking events for free. Um, as a guest, you can come to any of our Teaching Tuesday masterclasses and learn from some of the other members so you can see what it's like for them to be in the spotlight. So yes, leadupforwomen.com. If you're interested in learning more about, hey, I really like Colleen. I love her experience. I'm feeling like I need you know, that accountability and someone action-oriented that can assist me and help drive me, then you want to go to colleenbiggs.net. And you want to uh, reach out to me through there. And of course, anyone can always reach me at info at leadupforwomen.com. So info at leadupforwomen.com, you can reach me there. But the ColleenBiggs.net website is going to give you a little bit more about some of my work, some of the books that I've written, the communities that I run, more about my background, a little bit more about what I do one-on-one in my LEAP program with my clients. So that's going to give you a little bit more about those services. There's a plethora of information out there, which is wonderful. So thank you. Colleen Biggs, you are the founder of Lead Up for Women, found on the web at leadupforwomen.com. Thank you so much for joining us. It was an honor, Catherine. So great speaking with you today. Thank you. Likewise. Thanks. My team and I just want to say thank you for tuning in to the Business Vitality Podcast. We really appreciate you being here. If you know of another leader, another CEO, a founder who has another success story that they are willing to share and be able to pay it forward, we would love to highlight their stories on this podcast. You can find more information at katherinecanty.com. And in the meantime, if you could take a minute and rate this show, that would be super helpful because that's going to allow more people like you to find us in order to continue to pay it forward. Again, if you need to learn any additional information, we are happy to help. You can find us more at katherinecanty.com. You can also find us on LinkedIn with my name, Katherine Canty. Thanks so much for being here. <music>